The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Coming up today on The Story. I really had this interesting conversation with God. I said, you know, God, I'm frustrated. You know, I wanted to do mission work. Now what am I meant to do? I haven't got anything to do. And I really felt like I just heard this well, I guess a voice in my head in a way saying, well, what do you like to do? <laughs> and I'm like, well, biking. <laughs> and, then, and then he said, well. And I'm thinking, so what do I do? The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part two of our conversation with Lisa Mellor, who's been sharing with us her life journey and how she's been combining her love for riding motorcycles with her love for serving the Lord in various places around the world. Today we'll hear more of where the road of life has taken her and how she became the first female national coordinator of Australia's Christian Motorcyclists Association. It's all coming up today as Lisa continues her chat with Eric Scatterbo in our Melbourne studios. And then from Madagascar, you eventually went to Thailand? Yeah, it wasn't like straight away. I came home mm. from Madagascar and um, a couple of years and did some more midwifery mm-hmm. and learned a few more skills and then um, went travelling to really I wanted to go trekking in Nepal, which I did. Mm-hmm. And Just a bit of an adventure? Yeah, meet a friend over there and go go mm-hmm. um, up to Everest Base Camp and mm-hmm. oh, wow. enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. But you go to Nepal through Thailand mm-hmm. and uh, I came back through Thailand and – a friend of mine had said to me, "You make sure you go up to Chiang Mai and visit this orphanage for HIV kids. Mm. And I thought, okay, well, I want to go up to Chiang Mai anyway. So I did and I st- went to visit this orphanage and stayed there for a day just nursing babies and mm. being with the kids. And at the end of the day, I sort of said, I don't know, I just didn't want to, I just didn't really want to go home yet. Mm. Something I, about those kids, huh? Well, and it was something to do with where I was at the moment that time too, Eric. I was, I was a bit off track again. As I said, mm. it's a, it's a, it's can be a constant struggle mm. in a way. Um, your walk with the Lord, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. So you rededicated your life, but you were still vacillating yeah, back and forth a bit. Struggling, yeah, struggling with, um, I don't know, a, a, a problem that just seemed to keep popping up for me. You know, a relationship problem. Mm. Anyway, I, I just. Didn't want to go home yet. Well, I mean, an obvious question would be, were you lonely? Yes, in a way I was, mm. yeah. And I just thought this was a good place. And I asked, I said, do you want any volunteers? And the director and the, the volunteer coordinator both said to me, no, no. Because I found, as I found out later, they usually got people to come, not just blow in, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. They they got them to apply from their own country and mm-hmm basically give a reference and all mm-hmm. that sort of yeah. thing. And so I um, 
I happened to mention where I was staying and uh, a couple of days later I got a message from the, the, the volunteer coordinator and she said, were well, you fair dinkum? Because she was actually huh. an Aussie. Oh, okay. And she said, were well, you fair dinkum about volunteering? And I said, yes, I was. She said, well, come back and see me. So I went back and she said, look, I've had somebody had to go home suddenly for family reasons. Mm. How about we take you on and after a week or so we reassess? And I said, sure. And so we did that and that kept going on for a, a couple of months and then she'd say, right, I think we, you know, we're okay together. So yeah. basically you tell me if you ever have to, you think you need to go home. Well, I stayed there for 20 months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you didn't go back home and get things and come back. No. You just no. stayed there. Yeah, I just stayed there. And, and it worked out okay? It, yeah. You know, same thing. I got a bike, of course, <laughs> which um, was um, just a little some sort of a little trail bike thing that had to had to be a bit different from the the local scooters that were running around it was I, MTX I I got it from another Misho who was leaving or mm-hmm. anyway uh yeah so you were happy you had your motorcycle I had a motorcycle yeah I could fang around <laughs> Chiang Mai and take the volunteers on the back who wanted to go to town or whatever yeah. like that yeah, yeah yeah so it was good yeah it was a good time and it was a time when I could refocus on God again. Mm-hmm. Um, met an amazing woman at the church there that I went to who who helped me um, uh, refocus and basically she was a good counsellor and she mm, just helped yeah. me work through things. I won't go into too much of that, but she she was uh, she was brilliant and she didn't charge me mm. because I hadn't really had no money mm-hmm. being a volunteer there. But really helped you strengthen your faith. Yes. Yes, and I went to two churches while I was there. I went to the the big church that we all went to, and I went to one run by some Aussies, um, mm. Christian Outreach Centre people, and and got to know the girls who were doing the medical missions. So that was that was fun. I went out with them once or twice mm. as well. So that was a good experience in more ways than one. A, you were helping the the orphans, and that was fulfilling yeah. for you, but also. For you personally, it sounds like you're better grounded in your faith after that. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, and it just puts your focus off yourself when you mm-hmm. see these kids who are oh yeah who have been abandoned because mm-hmm. they either their parents had HIV or or they had it, mm-hmm. so they were abandoned and they couldn't basically get adopted if they had HIV. Mm-hmm. They had to stay there forever, and mm-hmm. they didn't get the treatment um, that. Uh, let's put it this way that. Deaths weren't uncommon, and so mm. it was. It was. It was sad, but yeah. it was also a very happy place to work. Un- amazingly, in what way? Well, we just made the life the best we could for the mm. kids. You yeah. had the the nannies, the Thai nannies who were paid, mm-hmm. and the, but you had all this um, overseas volunteers. A lot of them from places like Denmark or Sweden, because they have a a thing of their young people going and doing something altruistic like that. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I made a lot of Danish friends. Just a practical question. Yeah. How did you support yourself? Well, I actually ended up getting a ESL job. They anybody oh, teaching was, English as a second language. Yeah, okay. anybody who's um, who, anybody who was a native speaker that they they snapped you up and. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I got a job just doing that a couple of times mm-hmm. a week. Um, that was enough to. That was enough. Survive. Enough. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then your time in Thailand came to an end. Yeah, I. I I did eventually come home <laughs> about the time of the uh, Olympics in Sydney, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. 2000? So, yeah. And then you got um, yourself another bike? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. What I kind? Got, um, 
an XV750 Yamaha. Okay. Yeah, commonly called a Virago. And you had quite a miraculous experience with that motorcycle. Oh, yes. What happened? Oh, well... uh, This is back in Australia now. Well, what had happened was, before that, uh, a friend of mine had... Because I'd been riding all my life pretty much on my own. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few longer trips with this friend from that I'd met in Canberra called mm. Christian, and uh, she'd taken me along to a, a CMA, a Christian Motorcyclists Association mm-hmm. um, gathering, and uh, national gathering. So you learned, hey, there's more people like me, yeah, <laughs> Christians yeah. Thought, who are why, into motorcycles. Why didn't, why didn't I know about you guys before? <laughs> anyway, uh, she took me along, 2002, she took me along to that. And they said uh, the next national gathering was, this was in New South Wales, the next national gathering was in Perth. And I said, yep, I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. So the next year I found myself riding across to Perth with a friend on the back who decided she wanted to come. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Thousands and thousands of kilometres. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'd already done thousands and thousands of yeah, kilometres. So that was no big thing for you. No, no, it was just another adventure, I guess. But... We set off a day behind the group that we were going to ride with, mm-hmm. and they'd started from the middle of New South Wales. And uh, we, oh, from the beginning, it was almost like everything was against us. The first day, there was a huge storm that we rode through. Oh. And uh, you're ra- out on a motorcycle in a storm? Yeah, and the rack on the back broke. And this is where your friend is sitting on? No, no, she's on the seat, but there's a, a rack with the, the, the luggage on oh, it. Oh, right. Yeah, gear, oh, sa- gear sack. Yeah, yeah, the rack broke. And we're north of Griffith, and so I rang. I, we managed to contact the, the guy that we're trying to catch up with who's their way ahead, and he lived in Griffith, so he rang his wife, and she came up and uh, found us on this road north of Griffith and uh, through the you're just stranded there. Yeah, through the rack and and the, everything into the her, her car, and my friend got in the car because she wanted to get out of the storm, and we went into Griffith. You're just waiting there in the rain and the yeah, storm? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what a desperate situation. Well, that wasn't the worst bit. Anyway. Oh, there's more. Yeah, well, she, that rack got uh, my friend's, Barry's son, welded up the rack for us, mm-hmm. no problem, and off we went the next day, and uh, we get to Hay, and we're just out the other side of hay and this loud knocking starts in the motor mm. very loud knocking and and you just you just know even if you're not a mechanic you just know it's not right mm. and uh, went back to hay rang Barry again and said and he listened over the phone he was a bike mechanic mm-hmm. and he said oh Lisa that sounds fatal mm. and I was I was like oh, I was almost in tears I thought that's the end of our trip yeah that's it that's that's really the end of it, and uh, you got through the whole storm, and then this. Yes, and I thought honestly, there's there's nothing that's going to stop us. No other bike around. We can't mm-hmm. we can't go on. Yeah, and he called two of his friends. Uh, one was a mechanic, not a bike mechanic, and one was just another guy. And they came and they met us at the service station, and uh, they said, "Well," and I'd turned the bike off and on, and mm. it was still there yeah. anyway. Yeah, they said we're just. Uh, Take it for a ride. We turned it on, and it, when they were there, they prayed, mm. and uh, the knocking wasn't there. Very strange. And they said, well, take it for a ride out of town about the distance you went and come back again. So I went out about 13 k's, came back again, 
and I said, it's it's not there. And they said, mm. it's very strange anyway. And they said, what we're going to do is we're going to lay hands on you and the bike, we're going to pray for you, huh. and you're going to go. Oh, wow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Talk <laughs> about a leap this, of faith. Is a real stretch of faith because, yeah. you know, out there in the high plains, you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Really. Yeah, you're mm. taking a big risk there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah was, what happened? Well, um, well, first of all, my friend uh, – puts a helmet on backwards, and I thought she was mucking around to try and lighten the mood, and I got angry with her. I said, stop mucking around, Hill. Stop mucking around. And she said, I'm not. She said, it's all black. And she was so inexperienced that she had literally put the helmet on backwards. <laughs> and, and, I'm, I'm and, not experienced at motorcycles, but at least I would have got that Yeah, one. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty funny. Anyway, so we went on and uh, – of course, the others were praying for us as well, and we we caught up with them. And oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So we got to we got caught up with them at Mildura. They waited for us, mm-hmm. and we went on together, and had a great trip across the Nullarbor, over to Perth, had our national gathering. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to the story. Our guest today is once again Lisa Mellor, who's been involved with Australia's Christian Motorcyclist Association for several years. We'll hear more of Lisa's story, including some more of her motorcycle road trip adventures, when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Our guest today is once again Lisa Mellor, who's been involved with Australia's Christian Motorcyclist Association for several years and was their national coordinator for six of them. Now here's more of her story as she continues her chat with Eric Scatterbo. So that began your association with the Christian Motorcyclists Association? Yeah, yeah. I I never missed, apart from when I went to Africa, I never missed a national gathering again mm-hmm. and I got involved in my local mm-hmm. my local group. Yeah. So was, that was great fellowship with like-minded Christians? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was people with the same passion, you know, passion for God and a passion for motorcycles. So it was stood to reason that that's yeah. what I wanted to to do and stay with yeah but you had yet another overseas adventure tell us about that yeah well i um i still had a, a heart for missions for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. and um i was actually going to go with a, an australian group to another well i did i went with them to burundi mm-hmm. and uh, but that was brief mm-hmm. uh, just to help burundi went through the same genocide as rwanda mm-hmm. and uh, a minister a, a, like a government minister there who's a Christian invited us to come and to help look at what was needed mm-hmm. um, medically and educationally. So I was the medical person and we were taken all around Burundi and it was very, it was only you know a few weeks, but it was very interesting mm-hmm. to try and give them an idea of, to build the country back up because they, you know, been left in a fairly poor state. And then I was meant to go on to another country and the other people that I was meant to go with, it it fell through. They, mm. I'm over in Europe and um, they just suddenly said, no, we're not going. And I'm already mm. on my way. You know? Oh, wow. What'd you do? 
Well, I was in I was in Denmark because I went for a midwives conference. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd combine it with the the trip. I thought I can mm-hmm. I can do that, and that yep. helps me pay my way over there. And uh, I went to a midwives conference, so I was in Copenhagen, and uh, one of my Danish friends that I'd made in Thailand contacted me and said, "You have to come over to Aarhus." Where she lived. Mm -hmm. I said, why? She said, because the mission that I work with are interested in, you know, asking if you do this work for them. They want to interview you, basically. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't, I haven't got the money. I really didn't. I was Mm -hmm. really just doing it bit by bit. And I Mm -hmm. said, I haven't got the money to catch the train across to Aarhus. She said, they'll pay. They'll pay for your your train fare. So I went to Aarhus and Mm -hmm. had this interview. And uh, they said, we think you're perfect. We want you to to go to Nigeria and be the Danish host couple. <laughs> I, 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 I said, number one, I'm not Danish, and number two, I'm not a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we know, but but the couple that are there have, have left and we've, mm. we've got these young people. We need somebody to be the, the person to look up for mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. So That's how you got to Nigeria? Yeah, that's how I got to Nigeria. And I understand you had some adventures there. Well, on cliff sides is that right? Oh well, well it started with these cliff young faces. people. Yeah, I started with these young people, mm-hmm. and I was based in in a city called Jos, and I worked with them for three months, and I did mm. two lots of that, and then I got to know an older missionary named Recky who had been there for forty years mm. as a nursing mm-hmm. out in the much more remote area, and mm-hmm. she invited me to go with her. So the next trip, I I, I went out with her to this little village called Dhaka, mm-hmm. where she built a hospital, built a house. She did? Yes. Oh, wow. She'd lived there in that village, I think, for 17 years, but she'd been in Nigeria for 40 years. Oh, wow. Mm. Sounds like she was a pretty tough woman as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she just uh, wanted somebody else to come out and see the the work. and mm-hmm. So I went out and worked with her for quite some time mm-hmm. and uh, um, just helping in her clinic there and did operations. I, well, I need to ask you. Did you have a motorcycle? <laughs> I didn't I didn't actually have one, but she said there's some villages further out that I've never been able to go to mm-hmm. because there's no roads. Yeah. Because I can't ride. She said, "But you can ride." She said, "So will you go?" And I said, mm, "Okay." <laughs> and this is how you were uniquely qualified to reach these remote areas. Yeah. Nobody else had done it. That's that's true. I hadn't thought about it, but yes, mm-hmm. yeah, yes. Yeah, so she sent a, of course, sent a um, a translator with me, mm-hmm. a good man who knew medical things to to a degree as well. And what did you ride on? Oh, the little local scooters called Honda Dreams, mm. which to me was a bit yeah. of a nightmare. It seems beneath <laughs> you after all you've been. On. Oh no, it was, it was just it's just when you see the terrain and these yeah. little things, and you think you'd really be much better on on a decent trail bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you rose to the occasion. Yeah, well, there you was, had to. There was no not much choice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a very interesting. Journey. No, I have in my notes here, you rode along cliff faces in the dark. I want to well, hear about this. Well, yeah, because you there's no roads. You just got to get to these villages. And no I'm, roads in the dark? Well, I guess we just, we just ran out of daylight because mm. it was pretty, it was very rough. And yeah. going down through deep, deep river crossings, uh, not. Oh, my goodness. Uh, creek crossings, I guess, and getting stuck in the sand and everything. And all these people suddenly appearing and. 
pushing you out and oh, helping, helping you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. And then um, I was glad it was dark actually because honestly I didn't know it dropped away so steeply and I'm just following oh. this guy oh. along this track and I find out later that it's um, – how high up were you? Oh, I don't know, but it was... Better that you didn't know. No, better. <laughs> but you yeah. got to the remote areas? Yeah. You were just able went, to help? Fr- went to several villages mm. and, I mean, hundreds of people came. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm sort of winging it and yeah. thinking, God, how do I treat all these people? It's, mm. it's you know, beyond me. Again, I'm just praying, you know, because even some of the diseases, I don't, you know, schistosomosis and stuff like that. I haven't, mm. I haven't come across it before and I'm, I'm learning as I go. But yeah, yeah it was um, really good. It was really exciting and really um, beneficial for the people. Mm. How long did you do that? Oh, it was, it was just a trip from, mm. I don't know how long we were, how many villages we did. I can't actually even remember now, but we went from village to village and as soon as the people knew whether they're there, they'd walk from the other villages that weren't going to be visited, mm. and so we ended up with hundreds of people. Oh wow! Each day, places that had never had medical attention or very little. Well, yeah, I think so. I think if mm. they needed anything, they'd have to have walked days to the to the big village mm. to Ducker. So you were coming to them. Yes. And then you eventually you came home. Yeah. Um, my dad contacted me and mm. uh, my mum was really unwell with dementia and he wasn't coping mm. and I felt like I had to come back. And I honestly mm. thought I was only coming home for a few months mm. and uh, sadly I've never been back. Mm. So how did you feel about leaving the oh, work very, you loved? <clears throat> very sad. Mm. Yeah, very sad. I really wanted to stay and uh, do more. And I think Recky was even thinking I'd take on the take on her oh. her, her job there. Yeah. How but I, that- I just had to uh, – well, I, I felt like I had to be here for my, my parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did that make you feel? Um, pretty frustrated mm-hmm. after a while. I was, I was, really, I was really missing that, that work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really missing being overseas and being in those situations. Yeah. What did you say to God? Well, I was actually on my way back from another trip to WA, the next national national run, as we call it, over there in 2009. Mm. And I'd got stranded in um, Adelaide because I uh, I got sick on the way back. I got mm. pneumonia. And I... Uh, in Australia? Yeah. I, not, not in Africa? No, no. <laughs> oh, I, was, I must have been run down. And, yeah. I, and I just... And I, I was riding with some other people, of course, mm. and I said, you'll have to go. I have mm. to stop. And yeah. God miraculously looked after me there, giving mm-hmm. me a place to stay, and I mm-hmm. won't go into all of that, but um, through CMA people, wonderful people. And then, um, so then when I was riding home, I was on my own, mm-hmm. and uh, I was really, I really had this interesting conversation with God. I said, you know, God, I'm frustrated, you know, I wanted to do mission work, I wanted, now what am I meant to do? I haven't got anything to do, you know, mm-hmm. what what are you, what are you going to give me to do? And I, And I really felt like... I just heard this, well, I guess a voice in my head in a way saying, well, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, well, biking. <laughs> Not then, real complicated. <laughs> and, and, and then he said, well, and I'm thinking, so what do I do? So I threw myself into um, trying to help the Christian clubs. There were quite a few Christian clubs in New South Wales. Motorcycle clubs. Yeah, yeah. Christian motorcyclist uh, mm-hmm. clubs and 
associations and trying to get them to communicate a bit more with each mm-hmm. other. I drew mm-hmm. up a, a program of everybody's events and how we could support each other mm-hmm. and tried to get them, you know, a bit more working together because mm-hmm. we all had different roles and uh, thought, yeah, I suppose I can do that and I was just trying to do that sort of thing. And then one year after that conversation, um, I'm at the next national gathering in South Australia and I go into the meeting, the leaders' meeting, as the Secretary of New South Wales, and I came out as the National Coordinator <laughs> of Australia, and I had no idea that was coming, but wow. that was that was God. That yeah. was that was totally yeah. God because I was the only woman in the meeting for a start. Yeah. I, I was the only National Coordinator they've ever had elected mm. as a woman. It, so, oh, fantastic! Yeah, it was pretty, pretty. Um, Mind blowing for me. I've no no idea how to run a meeting or yeah. do anything. So yeah, but the Lord led you to that position. Yeah, yeah, He did. He did, and uh, it caused quite a stir when I went to my first international leaders meeting over in uh, South Africa because no other leader of any other country is a woman, or yeah. I don't think they've ever, yeah. or it has been. There's thirty something countries. No women. No, no, no women. So you're unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the European guys thought it was great. I'm not sure the Americans and the South Africans were quite so keen. Oh, more conservative over there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but we should say that you were the leader, the national coordinator yep. of the Christian Motorcyclists Association in Australia for six years. Yeah, two, three-year terms, mm-hmm. yeah. And then eventually you got married? In I our did. remaining time, tell us about that. Well, yeah, well, well, that's how I met my husband actually, mm-hmm. because uh, he's also he was in CMA in South Australia. I was in CMA in New South Wales, and of course, once a year we all get together. So it was a very gradual getting mm-hmm. to know each other mm-hmm. from 2008 when we first met till 2014 when we we worked together in it in a a, a bigger bike group called Ulysses, they have a big gathering and mm. we had a, a week-long time together, a group of CMA people running a tent there to, mm. to be a witness to the to the other bikers. Yeah, an outreach and we got to know each other and he sort of, after that, he started travelling, he started travelling to New South Wales and I started travelling to South Australia to visit mm. each other Yeah, and we eventually got married, it took a long time but yeah. um, eventually got married in 2017. Now, typically when a motorcyclist has a girlfriend or a wife, mm. they ride on the back. Yeah, I suppose the majority. No, I can't do that. That's not for you. I tried. <laughs> I tried. I did. <laughs> I've done it the odd time, but no, no, I don't. You had to have your own motorcycle. I don't, I, don't, I don't cope well on the back. No, I'm not a good pillion. Thank you so much, Lisa Mellor, for sharing your story with us. Thanks, Eric. It was, uh, it was uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it wasn't too painful for you. Oh, it was good. It was good, yeah. That was Eric Scadabo chatting with Lisa Mellor, who's been involved with Australia's Christian Motorcyclists Association, or CMA, for several years and was their national coordinator for six years. One of the projects Lisa has been involved in with CMA was creating a special booklet just for bikers called Riding with a Purpose. The booklet includes the Gospel of Mark, as well as several stories of bikers. To find out more about CMA or to contact them about getting a copy of their booklet, you can go to their website. It's national.cmaoz.org. That's national.cmaoz.org. 
ozaus.org. Finally, I really like the Bible verse CMA features on their website, which is perfect for bikers. It's Psalm 45 verse 4, which says, In your majesty, ride out to victory, defending truth, humility and justice. Go forth to perform awe-inspiring deeds. Well, thanks for joining us for part two of Lisa Mello's Adventurous Story. Until next time, I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. The Story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily.